Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 5 all the way down to verse 23, and so I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture this morning, so just hang with me. But I'm starting a new series this morning called Hope Worth Waiting For. For those that don't know, today is the, is the first day of Advent, and for us as Christians, we, we, you know, many, many Christians celebrate this season, many Christian church or Christ, or not only Christian people, but churches celebrate this time of the year. Why? Because it's a time of preparation for when Jesus will come as the child, but also when he comes the second time. He's already came one time as a child to this earth to deliver us from our sins, to deliver us from the things that we are going through in our heart. But there is another coming where Jesus will come again. And so Advent is not just a time where you look at just the, the, the birth of Jesus, but it's also the second coming of Jesus. Advent is a season of waiting. You see, as, as a part of what God calls us as Christians to do, He calls us to live in this culture. He calls us to live in this culture called the world, and that what we are to remember that this, not only what God has done on the inside of us through salvation and through what God has done in our lives, we're not just to remember what God has done on the inside of us, but we're also supposed to focus on what's going to happen on the outside. In other words, what's going to happen around us. You see, a lot of times we get focused on what just happened in us, and we don't focus on what's going to happen around us. But what's happening around us is the people that God's calling us to minister to. See, it's not just about what happens on the inside of us, but it's about what happens on the outside of us. It's about what God is wanting to do to those people that we come in contact with. So understand this today, that even though we live in this dark world, and there's a lot of bad things that's happening all around us, can I tell you this morning, there's hope. We look back to look forward. To understand what God has done in the past through His faithfulness that everything in the future is going to be okay. Why? Because He has come to give us hope. And so we're in that time right now. We're kind of in a time of, of waiting. And so my question is this. What makes Jesus so special? What makes Him so special? What makes the gift of God that God gave us so special? Well, it can, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things, as I said, as I was praying earlier, it's a lot of things that's wrapped up all in one package. Everything that we need, everything from salvation to freedom to, to whatever it is that we're looking for is found in one place, and His name is Jesus. So what makes Him so special? What makes Him so special is that whatever you have need of, He will take care of. No matter where you are in your life, maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or maybe you've served Him for a long time. It doesn't matter. What makes God so special is this, that when you need Him, He's there. Whatever you're looking for, whatever you need in your life, He is there. 
And so you have to understand we're in that season right now that when Jesus come, that when Jesus came to this earth, he brought hope. He brought hope. He brought salvation. He brought freedom. He brought deliverance when he came to this earth. So he's coming to fulfill a prophecy that was spoken by the Old Testament prophets. Through Isaiah and through Malachi, through different places in the Old Testament. He came to this earth to fulfill a prophecy that they began to prophesy in the Old Testament. So Luke chapter 1 verses 5 says this. It says, when Herod as, uh, was king of Judah, um, or Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of uh, Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from a priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. Careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was, um, was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and to burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said these words, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. And then he says this, God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with, with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts to, of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure of this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in her years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It is he who sent me to bring you this good news. And then he says this, But now, since you did not believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that your child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were, were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he's taking so long. When he finally did come out, he could not speak to them. They realized that from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. What an amazing story and a supernatural story about a man named Zechariah and a lady named Elizabeth. So I've titled this message, Hope Worth Waiting For. You see, if you've ever been in a season of waiting, you quickly realize that it's not fun and it's not a enjoyable place to be. A season of waiting. 
A moment where maybe nothing is happening in your life, where you don't hear God speaking or you don't feel God's presence in your life. There's a season of waiting for us as we go through this journey with Christ. And it's not a fun place to be. It's not an enjoyable place to be. You see, waiting is a difficult time. Waiting. No one likes to wait. No one likes to sit there and wait for things to happen. Most people like to get it and get it done and move on to something else. So waiting is a difficult place. But understand this. Advent is a season of waiting. Advent is a season of waiting. In other words, it is time for us to do what we do and allow God to do what only God can do. You see, right now, what God is calling us to do is this. Not just focus on the inside of our hearts. Not just to make sure that everything is okay in our hearts. But our focus is also what's happening around us. Because what's happening around us is the people that God died for, not just you. God's wanting to save everyone. God died for everyone. God, He bled and, and died on the cross so that everyone could get saved. So just because everything is okay with us does not mean that everything is okay all around us. Because God also came to save those people that are on the side. It's, it's, a, it's a season of waiting. And here's the reason I say that. Because you have to understand for many years, Israel, they would worship God just like Zechariah did. They would go into the temple and they would pray and they would worship God. But understand this, they never got a response from God. They never heard His voice. They never heard Him speak to Him. They never got a response from God while they were praying and worshiping and, and seeking God's face. You see, God promised that He would send a Savior. But when would He send that Savior? When would he send that Savior? If you go back to the, the very last book in the Old Testament called Malachi. In Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 it says this. It says, look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to the father. Otherwise I will come and strike the land with a curse. In other words, there was a time at the end of Malachi to when Matthew was written. If you open your Bible to, to the very end of Malachi, you will see, if I could get there just real quickly, you will see that there's a blank page from Malachi to Matthew. Nothing on that page. Understand this. This page represents 400 years of silence. 400 years, nothing happened. No one heard anything from God. He didn't speak. He didn't do anything for 400 years. This was the season of waiting for, for Israel's Savior to come. Nothing happened for 400 years. Nothing at all. So Israel's waiting. Israel's doing these things. They're going through all these motions. And, nothing, and God's not doing anything. He's not speaking. He's not doing anything. They're just going through all these things that they've always gone through. Complete silence for 400 years. Where did, why didn't God speak for those years? You see, God gave them a promise at the end of Malachi that He would send a Savior to come and save the earth. And listen to me. They didn't see it for 400 years. That's a long time to wait. 
Some of you don't want to wait 15 minutes. I don't want to wait for 15 minutes. But for 400 years, they waited for the Savior to come to this earth. I'm sure that when you go, that I'm sure that as, a, as an individual, I'm thinking in my mind that as they would go to the temple, as they would go pray and, and they would go burn incense, I just can't think, but, but to think that they felt like that today was going to be the day. Day number one, nothing happened. Day number, or year number 10, nothing happened. Year number 150, nothing is happening. 200, 300, nothing is going on, but they are still doing what they have always done is going to the temple and praying. And here's what I thought. They thought this, that maybe they just got to the point where God's not going to do anything. That God's not just, He's not going to do anything. He gave us this promise, but He's not going to do anything. Can I tell you, I've been there before. I've been part of my life where I just where I was praying about things and I and nothing was happening, nothing was going on, and I felt like, well, God apparently has forgotten about me, and He's not going to do what He says He's going to do. I've been there. A season of waiting is not fun, but understand this: it's important for you to wait on God. It's important for us to wait on God. It's not a fun season. It's not a fun time to be. But I'm just imagining in my mind that they just got to the point where nothing was going to happen. And they were just like, well, whatever. Whatever. They got to the place where they were just going through the motions. And I want to stop there this morning. And I want us to be honest with ourselves this morning is this. Many times that we come to this church or a church and we just go through the motions. We just go through the motions. And God's not moving. Well, he didn't move last Sunday, so I'm not going to go to church today because he didn't, he did, he's not moving. Well, God hasn't answered my prayer, so what's the sense of me serving him? But what's the sense of me uh, going to church? What's the sense of doing these things? God's not moving. You see, God is preparing things in realms that we don't see. And just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean that he's not going to do it. But you have to understand there's a time for us to wait. There's a time for the... Israel waited for 400 years for the prophecy to be fulfilled. 400 years. And so they were, they were just going through the motions. They just got to the point where maybe he's not going to do... Will God ever do what he promised he would do? You see, Zechariah was going to the temple, probably felt like the same thing. Zechariah was going to the temple every day. He was praying. He was doing all these things. And, you know, they were older in their years and they've never had a child. But look what the scripture says about Zechariah and Elizabeth. It says in verse 6, it says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. Careful to obey of the Lord's commandments. In his religion or his regulations. But then it says this they had no children because Elizabeth was able to conceive and they were both very old. The Bible says that they were religious people. The Bible says that they were good Christian people, but they were in a waiting season. Nothing was happening, nothing was going on in their life, but they were in that waiting season, but they were good Christian people. Just because you're in a waiting season doesn't mean that God has removed His Spirit from you. 
It just means that God is putting things together that's going to blow your mind when it happens. Just because you're in a waiting season doesn't mean that God's pulled His Spirit from you. He's putting things together for the right, proper time for things to happen. You look at this world today and you think about, we've heard it. I've heard it ever since I was a little boy. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I've heard it ever since I was a kid. I'm now 47 years old. I know I don't look it, but I am. That's not really funny. I don't have to laugh there. But I've heard it ever since I was a little boy. Guess what? I haven't seen it yet. But it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. The reason why it's happen- it hasn't happened yet because it's not the right time. There's still people that need to know Jesus. There's still people that need to get saved. And until Jesus decides to come back, he's going to give every, everybody, every person that has ever taken a breath on this earth the opportunity to hear his voice. And that hasn't happened yet because he hasn't returned. But Jesus is coming back at some time. Even though I don't see it right now, guess what? We are in a waiting season for his return. We are waiting for him to come back. He has already came to this earth as a child, but he will come back as a king riding on a horse to save his people. But it hasn't happened yet. We are in a season of waiting. But the important thing is this. Don't give up on Jesus because you haven't seen it happen yet. Because he has spoken it and it will happen. But we are are in a season of waiting. You see, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were in a difficult place. They were waiting, and they were waiting for God to come through, and nothing ever happened. It was a difficult, it was, it was different in those times where couple, when couples couldn't have children. You may know someone today that has had a difficult time trying to have children. And they, listen, it is a difficult time for them. Elizabeth and Zechariah was in a difficult time. They couldn't have kids. They were old in their life. The years had already passed them by. But it doesn't mean that God cannot step through and do something in their life. He was about to do something in their life that was going to blow their mind. That was going to take them by surprise. You see, but when you couldn't have children in those days, people would look at you as if you did something wrong. They would look at that person. They may not say it, but they would think it. Well, you know, if, if you didn't have sin in your life, then you would be able to have children. That's the way it was back during that time. If you had more faith, then things would be different. If you were a better person, then things would be happening. That's how they felt about people that did, could not have children. But I want to tell you this morning is this. Don't listen to the outside world and what they're saying about you. Don't listen to what they're saying, because if you listen to what they're saying... You, you will sometimes forget what God has promised you and what God's told you. Because of something that may not be happening right now in your life, you think, well, it must be my fault. There must be sin in my life. I'm not faithful enough. And all these things. And so if we listen to the outside world, if we listen to what the enemy is telling us, that was, that's what we will start to believe. And we will say, well, God's not coming through because I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. But there's a time for us to, to wait You see, barrenness was a sign that there was something wrong with you. Think about it for just a moment. Zechariah would go into the temple and he would pray and he would burn incense. And maybe he was thinking that he was the problem why something wasn't happening. 
something wasn't happening in his life. Verses 8 and 9, it says this. It says, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his orders was on duty that week. And as, as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. In other words, Zechariah's number got called so he was able to go into the sanctuary that day and to burn incense. It was his time. Do you understand that? God was setting things up. God was putting things together. For so long, they hadn't seen, they hadn't heard, they hadn't felt anything. But God was putting things together. He was making things happen even when they didn't know what God was doing. You see, Zechariah was going into the temple to burn incense. And here's what I love about that. The incense candle or the incense set right outside of the Holy of Holies. And so Zechariah was, was setting this incense on fire so to burn, to burn. And what he was doing was this. He was preparing the way for the high priest to come to offer sacrifices to the people. That's what he was doing. He was preparing the way for the, for the, for the high priest to come and to offer sacrifices in the temple. Verses 10 and 12 says this. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Guys, listen, he was praying. He was praying. He was doing what God had sent him to do, and he was visited by Gabriel. He was visited by Gabriel, and Gabriel says to Zechariah, verses 13 through 17, he says, But the angel said, Do not be afraid. Zechariah, and this, I love this passage, God has heard your prayer. Think about that. For all of those years that they were barren and could not have children, they were praying and they were seeking God. And God heard every prayer. He heard everything that they were saying. He saw all the tears, everything that was happening. He saw it all. And, and Gabriel that day said, God has heard your prayer. And then he says this, your wife Elizabeth will give, to, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or, or other alcoholic drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will uh, turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Do you understand? God was setting things up. He was putting things together for this moment. He was putting things together for this moment where he was about to answer Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayer. And here's what I thought. Don't you think in that moment that when the angel or Gabriel visited Zechariah, don't you think this, that he would be so excited and overwhelmed by what was about to happen? Think about that. He hasn't heard anything for so many years. Nothing was happening in his life. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Gabriel shows up in, this, in the temple and he begins to speak to Zechariah saying, God has heard your prayer. You're going to have a son. Don't you think he would be overjoyed? Don't you think you would probably hear the loudest woohoo ever? 
But notice what Zechariah did. He began to argue with the angel. He began to argue with the angel. He went from this supernatural moment for Zechariah, but notice he begins to argue with Gabriel. In verse 18, he says, Zechariah said to the angel, How can this happen? How can this happen? I am an old man now. My wife is also well in her years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was, it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. Look at verse 20. But now, since you did not believe what I have said to you, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. In other words, in that moment, the most exciting moment in Zechariah's life, God hit the mute button so he couldn't speak. He couldn't say anything. Nothing at all. And I don't know about you, but there's some people that I, that I come in contact with sometimes in my life that I would love to hit, hear them, hit the mute button so I didn't have to hear them talk. And you're probably like, well, you're one of them, Pastor. It's not working. But he was like, he did not believe, so God says, you're going to be silent and you're not going to be able to speak until the time your child is born. Why did it take so long? Why didn't he give Zechariah and Elizabeth a child when they were young? Why did he not give Zechariah and Elizabeth a child in their young years where they could enjoy being a parent? They, were, they could enjoy being a parent. Zechariah was like, really, God? Look at me. I'm old. And my wife is old. We're well past the years of childbearing years. Why are you doing it now? Understand, God is limitless, guys. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your, you know, all these other things. What matters is this. If God says it, it's going to happen. No matter how old you are or no matter what's happening in your life. He says it and it's going to happen in your life. All these years of waiting led to this moment. God was setting into motion the plan of redemption. He was setting all these things together for John to come and prepare the way for Jesus. But what's amazing about this story is this, was that Zechariah was the one who prepared the way for the high priest. And then it was going to be Zechariah's son, John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for Jesus. John the Baptist was going to prepare the way for Jesus to come. He wasn't the Savior. He wasn't the Lord. But he was preparing a way for when Jesus came. He was getting people ready for that moment. The waiting season is a hard place to be in. See, some of you today may be waiting on God to do something. Maybe some of you today, you've been praying about a situation. You've been praying for a person or you've been praying for something else. And you're in that waiting season and God's not doing anything. And you, and you wonder if God is there, if you wonder if God is real. Understand this, God is real, but it just may not be the right time. It may not just be the right time for God to step in and do what he needs to do. The waiting season, listen, the waiting season isn't for God. It's for us. The waiting season isn't for God. Everybody, everybody look at me just for a second. The waiting season isn't for God. It's for you. Because God is preparing you for something greater later. He's preparing you for something greater later. 
And if you will focus on Him, even though you're in the waiting season, and not give up on Him, and not walk away from Him, and not throw the towel in on Him, and not go, well, God, you're not doing anything, you're not speaking. If you'll keep trusting, if you'll keep believing, if you'll keep praying, listen, the time will come at the right time. Just don't give up on God. Too many times we give up on God. We give up on God. We throw the towel in and we walk away from God. And God's like, whoa, 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 where are you going? I haven't given up on you. Why are you giving up on me? Understand that this morning. God has not given up on us. But too many times we give up on God. So real quickly, I want to share three things with you about this scripture that I saw. Nothing happens until God is ready for it to happen. Understand that this morning. Nothing happens until God is ready for it to happen. No matter how much praying you do, no matter how much fasting you do, no matter how much all these things that you do, nothing will happen until God is ready for it to happen. And sometimes that's where we, we get upset with God. Well, God, you're not doing it fast enough. You're not doing it quick enough, God. Hope will always show up on time. So number one is this. God is not slow. God's not slow. I know that sometimes we think that God is slow, but understand, He's not slow. Remember that today. Understand that today, God is not slow. Remember that tomorrow, God is not slow. Remember that next month. Remember that next year. Remember that 10 years from now. God is not slow. He's always on time. And when he gets ready for it to be fulfilled in your life, then he will do it. He's not slow, but we think he is. We think that he is slow, but understand, he's always on time. He's always on time. We think God is slow because we want it right after we say the word amen, right? We're like, God, I pray today that you would uh, deliver my wife, Teresa, because she's man, she's wacky and all those wonderful things. God, we just need you to do it in her life right now. Amen. And we want it right after we say amen. God doesn't work that way. God needs to see a little faithfulness in you. God needs to see a little trust in you that as you go through that situation, you're going to continue to trust in him. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 says this, If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Guys, listen, God knows what you need. God knows and understands what is happening in your life. God knows what He is doing. In the waiting time, God is preparing us to receive the hope when the hope comes. There's never a wasted moment in the process or in the waiting time. God's words, God's promises will always be fulfilled in the right time and the proper time. Number two is this, God is not limited. God is never slow, and God is not limited. Understand that this morning. God is not limited to anything or to anyone. He's God. God will do what God can do at the right proper time. But the problem is this, that we limit God. We limit God. We're like, God, stay there. God, only come this far. 
God, don't come any closer. God, don't do that. Don't ask me to do that, God. We limit God, and God's like, don't, don't limit me. Let me be the person that I need to be in your life because I'm, I, nothing can limit me. And I can do wonderful things in your life if you will stop limiting me. God's, God's limitless. There's no limit to God. It doesn't matter how far you've run. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Nothing matters because God is not limited. Look at verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, he said to Gabriel, how can this be sure that this will happen? And then he says these words, I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well alone in her years. They're, older, they're an elderly couple. God is about to blow their mind because he's limitless. Again, it doesn't matter age. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. There's no limits to God. If, God, if it's part of God's plan, God will do it. God will do it in your life if you allow him to. It will happen. You see, Zechariah said, you know what? It doesn't make sense, God. This does not make sense, God. I, we've waited for so long. Our bodies are old. We're well past the time of having kids. Why now? Why are you doing it now? Why not earlier, God? Have you ever felt like that in your life? God, why did you not come through last year? Or God, why did you not come through two years ago? Where have you been, God? Why have you abandoned me, God? Why haven't you done anything, God? There's no limit to God, but yet we limit Him by how we believe and what we say sometimes through our mouth. God's not limited to anything. It doesn't matter if you're 140 years old. If it's God's plan for you to have a child, guess what? You're going to have a child. It doesn't matter. If God wants to be part of that, part, that plan in your life, it's going to happen. But too many times we limit God. I thought about this. You see, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they're, they're that elderly couple that's taken their, to the, to their, their children to the mall. And everybody's looking at Zachariah and Elizabeth going, Oh, look how sweet. The great-grandparents have brought their kids to the mall. They didn't realize that was their children. They didn't realize that that, that was their actual children, not their great-grandchildren. But you see, God is not limited to anything. Space, time, it doesn't matter. If God's going to do it, He's going to do it in our lives. Early in life or later in life, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing's too hard for God. Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 17 says this. Ah, sovereign, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. And then it says, nothing is too hard for you. God made something out of nothing. He made something out of nothing. And don't you think that if God can make something out of nothing, that he can take care of your issues in your life? Nothing is too hard for God in our life. What's impossible with man becomes possible with God. God specializes in the impossible. And the last thing is this. God's not obvious. God's not obvious. We all know those people who will always state the obvious, right? You walk outside, it's 130 degrees outside. You know it's hot, but you know what they say to you? Ooh, man, it sure is hot out here. As if you didn't know that it was already hot? Well, thank you for stating that obvious to me. Like, I didn't know that for sure. God's not that way. 
God doesn't, God doesn't reveal those things to us that way. He says in 13 and 14, but the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer, your wife, Elizabeth, and you will have a son. God's plan isn't always going to make sense. God's plan isn't always going to make sense in your life. You see, God did not lay out this plan for Zechariah. He did not tell Zechariah, hey, I want you to go to the temple today. Hey, Zechariah, I want you to burn incense today. Hey, Zechariah, I want you to do this today. Hey, Zechariah, I want you to... He didn't do that. Zechariah was doing it anyway. And through his faithfulness to God, and through him doing what God had asked him to do, guess what? He spoke a promise over his life. Because Zechariah was faithful in who he was. God's not always going to lay out the obvious plan for you. God's not going to say, well, on this day you're going to go through this. Well, this day this is going to happen. Well, this is going to happen. He's not going to do that. He just says what? Trust me. Walk by faith and not by sight. God is not always going to lay out the big picture for you. He's not always going to lay out the big plan for you. He says, just trust me. And that's where we have to go, okay, God, I'll trust you. I don't, know the, I, don't know the, I don't know the outcome. I don't know where we're going. I'm not sure everything that's going to happen. God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you, God. God's not always going to lay out the plan for us. He says there's times where, you know what, Chad? You just got to step out in faith. You just got to step out in faith. See, Zechariah continued to do what he had always done by doing. And by doing that, God revealed the promise to him about his son. And last thing is this. How long had it been since they had joy? Think about that for a moment. An elderly couple who had been wanting to have children for a long, for a long time. How long had it been since they had joy? How long had it, they had, had it been since they put a smile on their face? You see, God was putting all the pieces together because what, was about to, what he was about to do was to bring hope and redemption to the world. He was about to bring hope and redemption to the world. God was about to answer the prayer of an elderly couple. And through that prayer, God was preparing a way for the greatest miracle of all. You know why we're here today? It's because of what God has done for us in our life. It started, it started well before you ever thought of or where, well before you ever stepped foot on this earth. It started way back in the day. And because of Zechariah, and listen to what God said, that's the reason why we're here today. Because his son, John the Baptist, came to this earth as like the prophet Elijah and began to preach and begin to tell people about what was about to happen. And then Jesus shows up. Hope and redemption showed up in the world. So understand this morning, even though you may be in a waiting season, even though you may be waiting for God to do something in your life, understand this, there's still hope. Because hope is worth waiting for. Whatever God is going to do in your life, trust me, it's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. Because you think about that moment as Zachariah and Elizabeth were holding that child in that moment. Think about it. They were overwhelmed. They were overjoyed by what... They're holding something that they had prayed for for so long, and now they're holding it. They're holding it in their hands. It took a long time, but now they're holding it. And if you were to ask them, was it worth it? Was it worth going through the difficulty? Was it worth going through everything that you did? You know what they would answer? Absolutely. Here's the reason why. Because I'm holding my promise. I'm holding my promise. It may take a little while, guys. 
God's not going to always work when you say amen. God's not going to, God is not a microwave God. He's going to do it at the right proper time. And know, know this and understand that in the waiting time, God's preparing you for the miracle that's going to happen. We're, we are now in the waiting time for God to return. We're waiting. It's not time to give up on God. It's not time to give up on things that God has done in your life. God has brought you this far. He's done some incredible things in your life. You've seen miracles happen in your life. Don't give up on them now just because you're in a waiting season because the miracle is coming. The miracle is coming. The waiting season is difficult, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I want you to bow your heads this morning. We're going to pray. Shelby, if you would, come on up just for a moment. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. You see, it's when you're in the middle of things, when you're in the middle of that time or that season, we don't always see or feel that God's doing something. But understand this, that when you're in that season, when you're in that waiting time, God is taking everything and He's forming it into a beautiful picture. He's forming it into a beautiful picture. God will always bring hope. God will always bring joy just at the right time. So I don't know this morning what you're praying for. I don't know who you're praying for. But I do know this, that somebody in this room today, it could be many people, you're praying for someone. You need God to step through in a situation. And I want to encourage you today is this. Don't stop praying and don't give up on God until, you, until you're holding the miracle or the promise. Don't give up on Him. Because Israel waited for 400 years for the Savior to come. Zechariah and Elizabeth waited many, many, many years to have a son. And now they're holding their son who is going to prepare the way for the greatest miracle of all. And that's Jesus. Miracles still happen, guys. Miracles did not go out in the Old Testament. Miracles did not go out when, you know, during the New Testament. Miracles still happen in our world today. So I don't know what you need of in your life today. And I don't know what's going on. But this is what I want to challenge you with today is this. If you've been praying about a situation, you've been praying about a person, you've been praying about something in your life today, I want to ask you right now to just to stand right where you are. Obey the voice of God and just stand right where you are right now. Just stand. God's timing is perfect. And you were like, Pastor, I have prayed and I have prayed and I have prayed and nothing is happening. It seems to keep, it seems to keep getting worse and nothing is happening. You keep praying 
you keep believing and you keep trusting in God. Because if God has spoken a promise over your life, it will come true. It will come true. Some of you are praying for family members. Some of you may be praying for a job situation. Some of you may be praying for something else. I don't know what you're praying for, but God does. And nothing is too hard for God. Whatever you need, it's there. I don't know, maybe this may be the season for you that you receive the miracle that God's promised you. I want to just encourage you today. Keep trusting in God. Keep trusting in God. Keep praying. Keep believing until you're holding that promise. And when you get that promise, give God praise. Because the reason why you receive that promise is because God is good. And he always comes through in every need and every situation in our life. God, thank you today for your word. God, I pray today that, God, that word has planted seed in our heart. And, God, that that seed, God, will begin to bring forth fruit. Because, God, it's not just about what happens on the inside of us, but, God, it's about what you want to do on the outside of us to those people who don't know who Jesus is. And so, God, I pray that you would lead us and you would guide us. And, God, even in those moments of fear, as, I, as Zachariah was, he was afraid as he was standing in the presence of Gabriel. He was afraid because that had never happened before in his life. And God, when those moments of fear come upon us, God, may we realize, God, that it's from the enemy and not from you. Because you don't give us the spirit of fear. But God, may we step out in faith to overcome the fear and watch God move in our life. God, we give you glory. And we give you praise for this day and for your word. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Will you give God a big hand clap this morning? God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you. So join us Sundays at 1030 a.m or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.